from the gun again on first down. Fires wide. Juan Daniels, touchdown, Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels, and you're listening to the DGD podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go dogs. Welcome to the DGD podcast. As always, your host, Robert Reynolds. Join with me, Juan Daniels and JP. Talking Oklahoma Sooners. We're going to talk a lot today. We're going to talk about the Oklahoma Sooners coaching job, and then we're going to transition to the SEC championship game. Tomorrow, 4 o'clock, CBS, Georgia Bulldogs versus the Crimson Tide of Alabama. Welcome, JP. Welcome, Juan. It's Friday. That means one more day. JP, you want to start off with you, buddy. Um, let I want to give, it, give you a second here to introduce yourself. Yeah. Uh, tell people about you. Uh, your show, things like that, and then we'll get started. Yeah, great. Well, first of all, thank thank you both for having me on today, man. It's a, a pleasure to be able to uh, be on here with you guys on this beautiful Friday. Um, now, I'm in, I'm in Indiana. I don't know how it looks down there where y'all are. I'm assuming y'all are in Georgia. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Well, I am. I'm in Georgia. NC for me. NC, okay. Yeah, no, today up here in Indianapolis, Indiana, that's – uh, that's where I reside. Um, my my Twitter is uh, Indy underscore Sooner. Um, I'm an Indianapolis guy, but I have Sooner ties all the way around. My entire family's from Oklahoma. My my parents just moved up here, and I was born up here, so I kind of stayed up here. All extended families all down there, and my sister runs track right now at the University of Oklahoma as a sophomore. So um, I just you know I'm passionate about Sooners football, um, and you know I decided to to kind of get into it, be a content creator the last couple of years, and God has just blessed me with a, a lot of people that have that have helped me out and want to support me. And so, um, you know, if, if y'all feel free, give me give me a follow. Uh, look look on my YouTube channels, the Indie Sooner. Um, love love to interact with you guys. But uh, no, I I uh, am really like I said excited to be on here. Um, obviously, we got a lot to talk about with with everything that's going on with with OU and the coaching search. Um, that's, that's just really been been crazy. Um, but. Now that's that's a little bit about me and just just kind of where where I'm at right now. I'm actually an athletic director in Indianapolis, so um, I'm glad I I could carve out some time to be here because I'm not my schedule's nuts. Um, but but I love Sooner football enough, and uh, these guys gave me an opportunity to be here, so I'm, I'm glad to be here with y'all today. Absolutely, guys. Just remember here, Oklahoma, in my opinion, is right now the number one coaching opening, right, with a vacancy in the country. So it means a lot right now to everybody in college football because of the importance of this job. So, you know, let's go ahead and get started with this coaching search. Obviously, a little bit of a backstory. You look at Lincoln Riley, Bolts for USC. Uh, everybody knows the whole background of that, right? I'm not going to go too much into detail there. I might even let JB talk about it if he chooses to. Goes to USC, and now you're sitting here waiting for an announcement. Who is your next head coach? You know, I want to get your thoughts on this first. Who do you who do you want to be the next head coach at Oklahoma, and who do you think will be the next head coach at Oklahoma? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, like like you said, man, this is this is unprecedented territory for Sooner fans, right? I mean, we've we haven't searched for a head coach in, in twenty three years. Uh, Bob Stoots was the latest one in ninety eight, and he, everybody knows <laughs> what he's what he did and has done at OU, and he's about to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and then he hands it off, obviously, to Lincoln Riley. And, you know, we just kind of have the continued um, sustained uh, consistency. And, 
now we're just in uncharted territory. So o OU fans have been just, I mean, restless. Um, and I, DG, uh, I know you've been in the in the in some of the spaces we talked about before, but I, I'm sure you can fill it in there. We're just kind of like, yo, what is what what is happening? And obviously the timing of it was just terrible with early signing day coming up. And, and so, you know, it's kind of put our, our athletic director and our president in a, a precarious position to try to figure out who they're going to hire. And they have to do it quickly. There's not a lot of time to waste. Um, but with that being said, I, I think I, I would love to see Brent Venables come back. Um, to Oklahoma. I know that's been the name that's mainly been floated out there. And I think Sooner Nation uh, would just embrace him. I mean, you saw uh, what Notre Dame did with Marcus Freeman, right? And and that was a guy that, you know, he'd been in Notre Dame. He, he's loved by the players, all that stuff. Brent Venables is, is like that, but it's like uh, uh, more magnified because it's not just the players or former players, right? Um, or, or, or even the administration that knows him well. It's the fan base. Like, it would be a galvanizing thing, I think, for the entire Sooners fan base who's already been galvanized by just this entire situation, right? You had um, guys like myself who were positive generally and, you know, we're 10 and 1 or 9 and 0, and we got certain fans that are upset at the way we're playing. And I, not that I wasn't, I was, but I'm like, guys, like, there's a lot of people that have made it be 9 and 0 right now yeah. or 10 and 1 right now. So that's what I was saying. But I got called a sunshine pumper. Now, those are like the two different levels of OU fans, sunshine pumpers and the realists, right? But even then, like this situation has brought us all together, right? Like we're all in these spaces talking about who's going to be our head coach. We're all like, we just feel like Oklahoma has been disrespected. Like Oklahoma football, the brand has been disrespected because people are like, oh, your coach left you for USC, so it must not be that great of a job. And we're like, what? Like we're, we're, a, top, we're a top five program of all time. Right. So like we, we have we have a certain um, expectation. Right. And, and, and we just feel like people have disrespected us. Um, and so I think bringing Brent back would just continue to continue that or to continue to uh, have that galvanization process. Just take it to another level, really. Um, and then the, obviously the other name I've been hearing, I'm sure you guys have been hearing, too, that people are, are kind of obsessed with is, is y'all's boy, Dan Lanning. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't know how serious that, that could or could not be, but I know a lot of people love his name, and I, I'm interested eventually to get to hear um, a little bit of what you guys think of Dan Lanning. Um, you know, I don't, I don't pay super attention to Georgia football. I know your defense has been incredible this year, uh, but I don't watch it on a daily basis. I'm not involved with the program like I am with Oklahoma, like you guys are with, with them. So I'm honestly interested to hear what you guys think of him. But that's the other name that I think has been floated out there. And from what I've heard, if that were able to happen, um, I think that I'd be okay with that too. Sounds like a, a young guy that knows what he's doing, has tons of connections. Sounds like a great recruiter. I know that Caleb was really close with him when he was being recruited to Georgia. Um, and some people have even said that, you know, we want, we want to keep Caleb Williams around, obviously. And so, you know, is that something that we can do? Is that a direction that we can go? Um, but that that is kind of essentially the two biggest names um, that, that have been going around. And uh, I think for me, I personally would like Brent just because, I, like I said, the, the whole process of what this has done for Oklahoma football, and that's what makes it special, right, is that Oklahoma football is what's in the state of Oklahoma. Like, that is the pro team. And so, like, that's what everybody's looking towards. And, and for the whole fan base now to be galvanized more than it's been in a long time, I think that would just kind of send it over the roof and hopefully propel us as we – uh, look to go join the SEC and play some big boy football.
Yeah, I, look, you know, I, I heard Lanning as well. Um, you know, and honestly, I think it would be interesting to see him go. I think Kirby has built this uh, program to see it similar to what Bama has to deal with, and that's losing coordinators, things like that, uh, and reloading with another guy. Uh, you know, I could see Lanning go, but in my opinion, I think Venables might be the guy, but we'll see, right? I know there's a lot of theories and in, in, in Twitter spaces, guys. If you just listen into it, it, it is wild. Uh, and it's been like that for days now. But we had we had uh, <laughs> Kenneth, we had Kenneth Murray in there last night, right? A uh, guy that that plays for the Chargers was a middle linebacker for for Oklahoma for two and a half years. One of the best linebackers we've had in a long time. Um, was a first round pick. Was in there. George Foreman. I found out George Foreman was in there last night, which I was like, what? Like it was. It's nuts. The people that come in there, and I and I was I was telling people, I was like, man, like. Some of these OU insiders going to ask for the Twitter space to be shut down because there was recruits in there too, and they was being candid, like candid, candid. And I was like, they're going to ask for uh, like Twitter to shut this space down because I, I don't know if anybody's going to pay for a paywall site now. Like, like we get more information for free on Twitter spaces than, than than we do in the in the paywall site sometimes. So no, but you're right, man. The spaces have been nuts. And I know with you know Juan, I want to get your thoughts on the on on the potential uh, coaching hire, right? Uh, you know, I, I, I could see I could see Lanning go. Uh, do you think this would be a job that he would leave for, or do you see him sticking around and, and kind of pulling a Brent, Ven, uh, Brent Venables and you know sticking around being the DC until the perfect job opens up? Yeah, you know, it it just depends. I mean, here here's what's great about the Oklahoma job and what's enticing is the fact that they're going into the SEC. So that's going to be something that's great for Brent Venables um, and, and both, you know, Lenning where, uh, I mean, they're defensive guys. And when you get into the SEC, defense is what dominates. And if you go back to when Stoops was at Oklahoma, think about their first national championship, beating a really good, high, uh, talented Florida State team, holding them to two points. I mean, it was a 13 to two yeah. uh, uh, victory. But guess what? They're even back then defense wins championships. And you look at how good Georgia is. It's it, they're you know, they're built on their defense. Brent Venables, um, if, if you look at it, they, you know, with, with a Clemson team that is not as talented, held Georgia to three points. Um, so he's going to be that guy for the job. He's a huge, attractive um, look for Oklahoma. He's going to get the right people in place. Um, the same thing with with, with Lanning. I, I think, though, with with Brent Venables, I think the Ohio, uh, sorry, the Oklahoma faithful, the fan base, they're going to rally behind him and they're going to have they're going to have faith in there because look, look, look at how attractive is Brent Venables to hold the big, bad, mighty Georgia Bulldogs right now, who is on top of the world to three points. Um, hey, why would I not want to, uh, you know, hire this guy? Um, and, and I just think he's going to be huge. He knows what it takes to play in the SEC. Again, it's going to be defense. Defense is big. He's going to be able to get those recruits. He is going to, uh, you know, be able to have those guys rally. Then all of a sudden, hey, we want to be a part of something special. Everybody knows Oklahoma can score points, gobs and gobs and gobs of points. So imagine Oklahoma scoring gobs and gobs of points and then shutting their opponent down. Man, that that's going to be something that's very attractive. So watch out for Oklahoma if they do get Brent Venables. Absolutely. Yeah, no, Um I think I think they're taking their time, which is questionable, because it's going to bring up these theories and conspiracies, things like that. Who's going to, you know, obviously people are living for this right now. But I think taking their time can be good and bad here. You know, JP talked about this and said that, you know, 
with early signing day, things need to re rebuild this class. I completely agree with that. Um, you know, but also for the state of the program, getting the right guy to come in and do, you know, keep the success, maintain the success and not even maintain it, continue the success. Right. Especially. Coming. I uh, say so you have to get the right guy. You have to get the right guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, and why I think a defensive mind it, and two of them are, are being talked about right now. Um, SEC is known for its defense. You need to recruit better on defense. Get a guy like Brent Venables or Dan Lanning. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. Now, the offensive hires for the coaching staff would be crucial. Um, but defensively, you need to set yourself up because Oklahoma's defense has been not great this year. Uh, you know, and, and, and that can get you can get away with that in the Big 12. But when you come to the SEC, you can't get away. It will it will show up. And bad news comes from that. Yeah, look at um, look at Ole Miss. <clears throat> Ole Miss, I mean, they're a high-scoring team, uh, but unfortunately, they just can't stop anybody. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, that that's something. The other thing, too, the, you know, with the December 15th uh, recruiting uh, early signing, um, they need to get somebody in there yesterday so that they can keep those those, those signees that they were, you know, that, that they had and maybe get some of those guys back, get Brent Venables on the road. Um, let him go up there, show his face, um, and, and uh, you know, just really make a play for those for those recruits. Um, he's got a great name. Everybody knows that Clemson in the past four or five years have just been at the top of everything. So you're getting a great guy. You're getting a great hire. Um, but again, that that decision needs to happen yesterday, as this December fifteenth uh, uh, early signing is, a, is is about to take place. Yeah, no, and that again, that that kind of is the crux of this whole thing is. It's, it's the worst timing. Like, not only did, first of all, this is unprecedented, right? Like Lincoln jumping to go to USC and then obviously Brian jumping Notre Dame go to LSU. Like, those, those things typically do not happen. And they typically also do not happen in the time frame that they did happen. Um, and so I know that, yeah, I, I told Sooners fans that we've been in, in the spaces talking about it. Like, man, like, we do got to move. And I, I know, I know that there are rumblings that most likely announcement will probably happen Saturday or Sunday. Um, that's what we've heard. But I think that ultimately the thing that I told Sooner fans that sets us apart from like a, a Tennessee, a Texas, a Nebraska, and some of their hires, right? And because people are like, man, if you don't get this right, you could be going that way. Is that I, I, We have a great administration. Um, those That's what those programs will struggle with, their administration. Our administration has been great. Uh, Joe Castiglione is, is well regarded as one of the best athletic directors in the country. Um, and so this is this is going to be a legacy hire for him. But, you know, he is the guy that hired Bob Stoops, right? He is the guy that, you know, helped say, okay, Lincoln Riley's probably going to be the guy that's going to lead us and, and have su some sustained success. So, like, we, we do trust him. Is it is it antsy? Yes. But I, I think we do trust he's going to get the job done. I also know for a fact that Brent Venables wants the job. And I think that if we offer it to him, he's going to he's going to accept. So that has been going around in, in sooner circles is have we even offered it to him? Because if we did, he would think that it would be announced by now. But also at the same time, the way Joe Castiglione works, nobody ever knows what he's doing. Like it's that's always been the case. Nobody ever knows what he's doing. He throws a ton of smoke. I mean, you know, you thought USC uh, AD did a great job with Lincoln, which he, he did with, you know, nobody knew anything. Joe C's like that as well. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if 
you know, it was somebody had a left field. If it was Brent Venables, and now because we took so long, people think it's not. I, who knows? Um, but I think, you know, hopefully we're, we'll find out here soon in the next 48 hours. No, I think, like I said, we'll, we'll wait to see what happens. I think Oklahoma's going to get the right guy. That That's, the, in my opinion, the reason why they're taking their time. Um, you know, but I, at the end of the day, I still think you need to get the right guy and, yep. and take your time and do some soul searching, right? And honestly, you could be picking a – you could be hiring a guy that's playing in a conference championship, which we're about to translate to right now. We're transitioning over to – Alabama and Georgia SEC championship game. Look, you're about to join the SEC, so welcome to this uh, discussion. <laughs> um, Georgia, Bama, four o'clock Saturday, CBS in the bins in Atlanta. You know, there's look leading up to this game. I think it's been an all season long type lead up, right? Build up to it. In my opinion, this now obviously Bama lead before the season. I thought this was we were going to see it happen, and, and this was going to be a national title type game like it has been in the years past. Bama's kind of been showing some some creases, you know, some chinks in the armor. You could say a little bit about Georgia showing some chinks in the armor for the first game against Clemson, but ever since, Georgia's basically handled business and things like that. And obviously, you start to see the collision course, Georgia-Bama, here we are. Juan, I want to let you get started here, boss. What are you looking forward to the most about tomorrow? Um, I, I'm honestly looking forward to what our defense is going to do um, versus the Alabama offense. Um, and uh, that that's the part I'm most excited about. If you actually go and look at that Texas A&M game, Texas A&M bullied Alabama up front. Um, and, and, and they got a lot of pressure on Bryce um, Young. They sacked him four times. I mean, there was probably multiple, multiple amounts of hurries um, that they that, you know, that that they had. Um, the difference is, is in that Texas A&M game. I mean, they had a, a huge lead on them. They gave it back, and then you know Alabama comes. I'm sorry. Then Arkansas comes down and wins uh, at the end. If we get a lead on Alabama, I think it's going to be curtains. I mean, it's going to be tough for them to um, to to try to come back and, and and do what they were doing against these other teams, you know, versus our defense. And also, too, you look at um, their, their production and and how we match up versus those other teams, the Arkansas, the Floridas, um, and and uh, those teams that that Florida's really struggled with. Um, that, that it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough slow for them. Um, and, and I think that whole, you know, Alabama owns us attitude and Alabama is going to come up and they're going to play. I mean, it, uh, you know, I, I think those days are over. Absolutely. Um, I'm just going to tell you this right here. I'm excited for it. And, and I think I'm ready for the players because I know they're excited for it. In my opinion, you can see the playoffs being the end goal, which I think it is. But you can't tell me that, and Juan, you being a former player, you cannot tell me that these players are they're being told to focus week by week, but you know they've been they have been having their 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 mindset on Atlanta to get this get this elephant off the back. Yeah. You just you just know it's coming. And and you know what? And it's plagued us, right? It's it's been the ghost that has plagued us for years, especially since Kirby's gotten. This is the time to get it off of your back and be done with it. That's just the way it needs to be. 
Yep. I've heard the same thing with, you know, the, you know, they were using the analogy of the, uh, of the Braves being owned by the Dodgers for, for so long. And then finally, you know, they, they, they got that monkey off their back, but, and I know that, you know, you, you always hear that, Hey, we're going to play game by game and let's focus. But I think that they've taken every single game that they've played and dominated with the purpose of getting to Atlanta. So each game that they play, they say, this is, you know, we're not playing the Arkansas. We're not playing the Florida's. What we're doing is we are actually, you know, preparing for that Alabama game um, with, with, with each and every game. And so um, I, I, I'm excited. Um, you know, this is going to be a big, huge uh, re recruiting game, honestly, to be honest with you. And that's why, you know, when I was just talking, you know, in regards to Oklahoma having a coach, you know, uh, you know, getting that coach search in there, every recruit on the planet is going to be looking at this at, at this game. And they're going to be, you know, saying, hey, this is a big time game. These are two heavyweights that are going to be that are going to be battling. Um, and, you know, again, that Brent Venables has that that edge to say, hey, we held this group to three points. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to score more than three points on Alabama this week. I, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm with you. JP, what 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 are your thoughts on this game from an outsider standpoint? Yeah, man, from an outsider's perspective, you're right. I mean, the only change in the armor Georgia has shown is, was that first week, right? I mean, I, I remember somebody tweeting out the first week, oh, Georgia and Clemson, like, is it, this is who we're supposed to be scared of. They don't look that good. And then ever since then, Georgia just looked like the top dog straight up. Um, and so, I, you know, I think this is y'all's year, really. Um, if you look at it, um, there, there's been so many teams that have gotten the monkeys off their back, the proverbial monkey, right? Like Michigan finally beat Ohio State, right? Um, and when when Michigan beat Ohio State, I was like, man, we probably going to lose Oklahoma State tonight because that's the way it's going. <laughs> and Oklahoma State beat us. Now, you know, people have their theories because we know Lincoln was pretty much gone by then. So I don't I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not. But regardless, it could be true. It could be definitely. But anyways, Oklahoma State's a good team. They are, and and they did it right. They they finally got the monkey off their back. So I think this is the year for Georgia to do it. And yeah, Alabama's offensive line. I was talking to somebody about the other day. Is the worst it's been in years. And I, I don't I don't know what they think they're gonna do with y'all's boys up front, <laughs> but Bryce Bryce Young, they, I mean they better have some insurance ready for him because, you know he go he he gonna be on his butt all day long. Um, so you know hopefully. Hopefully you guys, you know, get after him. I'm sure you will. Uh, but it's going to be, like you said, a defensive-minded game, I think. And, and I think, honestly, you guys are going to be able to, to take it from jump street. If you guys build that lead, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be hard uh, for Alabama to come back in it because once you get a lead, man, you guys are going to let your dogs hunt. And it, it, it won't be pretty from there. So, um, yeah, that's what I think, man, from an outsider's perspective. I think this is this is y'all's opportunity. Yeah, Georgia's, Georgia, in my opinion, got tested – you know, the first game against Clemson. And, and I think it was what we needed to, you know, I, you know, I talked about it being the game of the year yesterday and because it set the tone. Um, it let us know what we're made of because at the time, you know, we didn't understand that Clemson was going to have the year that they had. We knew what they were made of because we saw what happened last year. They were in the playoffs, things like that. We were able to see what we're, you know, defensively we're able to dominate. You know, nothing has changed since. But offensively, we've gotten more efficient. And, and, and that is crucial uh, for a team chemistry like what Georgia has. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, Georgia or Elite, uh, Clemson's defense was, it was just as good as ours because, like I said, it was a 10-3 score and a pick six decided the game. Okay? It's not an offensive score. Defensive pick six is what separated this game. So it tells you that, you know, we had some issues up front and offense. All right? Uh, offense was, it had some questions. 
but how much of it did we know? We didn't know, right? You don't know how much it was based off of how good their defense was. Go on, going on, going on, you know, throughout this regular season, you're starting to see these efficiency numbers. You know, Georgia and Bama both are top 10 in offensive and defensive efficiency right now. Um, so the fact that Georgia's offense is in this top 10 category is it, surprising to me. Um, not really surprising, but it just shows you, like, people telling you or, you know, I've heard people saying that, you know, Georgia's offense isn't that great, but we're efficient. Our defense gets people off the field, and then we capitalize, which is why our scoring margin is so high right now, right? Defense is when – you, when you sit there and you, and you don't let the team score – points at all or that many points but you, you're able to capitalize and you score 30 plus almost 40 points a game that's a recipe for winning games and you know and honestly since this regular season's over now we've seen the offense come to fruition we've saw uh, breakouts from guys like Brock Bowers for sure uh, Lad McConkey, AD Mitchell right while you have guys like Jermaine and Pickens down you know but now you're starting to see look Pickens came back and played not really didn't do much on the stat line, but he played. And I'm expecting him Saturday to have a huge impact, whether he catches a ball or not, because now you have to game plan against that, which is another weapon in the in Georgia's offense that makes this offense scary to defend. One, we'll talk about this right here. What are some keys to victory? Maybe one or two. What are some keys to victory? for Georgia to win the SEC championship game? Well, first and foremost, it's going to start with the defense, right? And this is a championship. Defense wins championships. And this is the first, you know, uh, uh, step when it comes to it. Our defense just getting pressure on Bryce Young. I mean, and so, listen, they, they've got three great receivers, Alabama does. And so the the more pressure that we can get on Bryce Young, the, the, the better off we have as, you know, as far as, um, you know, not letting him get the ball off. Um, they, you know, the, some other advantages that we do have, though, is the fact that uh, their running back is 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 kind of hurt. He's kind of banged up. So right now they only have one scholarship running back. So that's going to be a huge key um, um, for us. And then offensively, just just do Georgia football things, right? You know, just take care of the ball. These This is not the game where we need Stetson Bennett to try to, you know, try to fit the ball in tight windows or throw long passes. We don't need him to do that. Just be, like you said, just be efficient. Let's just run the football um, and, uh, you know, let our backs do do the work. Right. You know, um, lining uh, uh, Cook um, up in the outside or lining them up in the slot, you know, and, and just giving them some short passes and just let your big guys just go to work. Um, also, too, you got big George Pickens out there. He's going to he's going to draw some attention, some big time attention. So um, allow Brock Bowers and McConkey and, and, and those guys just to do um, whatever they need to do. So you have a huge opportunity. You have a lot of weapons, a lot of things that you can do. You know, obviously, Munkin is not going to overthink it. He's just going to do what he's been doing all year. Um, I, I know that he has an excellent game plan. So, again, it starts with the defense and then, you know, offense, just do what you need to do just to secure the victory. And I want to talk over here with the brigade a little bit. Uh, Mark, I don't know how to spell this name, so I'm not butchering him, but Mark, I'm going to call you Mark for short. Ask how old is Georgia's defense? Um, it's a mix right now. Uh, you know, if you're looking at starters, you have guys that we're expecting to lose. Uh, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt. Um, you know, who's, who knows who's going to get drafted, right? You're looking at N'Kobe Dean, more than likely get drafted, Lewis Singh, Chris Smith. So you're going to lose a lot. But here's here's the fun part about this. You have guys that are coming back next year that are already difference makers. You look at guys like Jalen Carter, 
he's a sophomore right now, so he'll be a junior next year. And I would expect him to kind of take over that role, maybe not to the same level, but definitely fill in on that defensive line. But then you've also got guys that are in the two deep and three deep. Uh, you know, you're looking at guys like Smile Mondo, right? Uh, you look at uh, Jonathan Dumas Johnson. Uh, you still got Keely Ringo on the outside. Uh, this defense is loaded with, you know, seniors all the way down to freshmen with the incoming class, right? You know, obviously the safeties are going to be interesting to see from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, but when you look at this recruiting class for the 2022 cycle, it's it's absolutely littered with elite defensive back talent. So this is, you know, obviously, Juan, we've talked about this. This is why recruiting matters. Hey, uh, Dan Mullen, by the way, uh, just saying. Uh, anyways. You have to you have to understand that like there's going to be guys that are coming back right so that it's not going away you're you're taking the Bama blueprint basically and you're t and you're putting it in Athens in my opinion uh, Juan do you have anything else to contribute to that No that's that's it but I mean you and then of course you know when when you add the recruiting part of it to it you know here's one thing that that I did notice and it's it's a matter of what is Kirby what is Georgia doing. Uh, you know, what are they doing at Georgia for the last probably three, four years, Alabama's had the top recruiting class. And I want to say last year, the 20, that 21 class, you know, they said that, you know, that recruiting class was probably the best that Alabama has ever had. And then for them to be struggling as, 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 as bad as they are right now with all these top recruiting classes um, just means that, you know what, uh, Georgia's doing something really, really good. Um and, and, and so that that's going to be another thing, too. So, you know, obviously we're going to be losing some guys. But then, of course, this recruiting class and, and, and how they're coaching them and what they're doing um, is, is, is going to be something something special. So no no disrespect, JP, but we want to keep landing. <laughs> you know, you guys can have, have Brent. <laughs> no, but listen, I mean, but but that that's what I want to hear. Right. Like if right. you didn't want to keep them, I'd be concerned. So, right. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Absolutely, right. bro. Like, hey, I got a question for you guys real quick. Um, obviously, I know we've been talking about Georgia, but obviously, you know, Alabama has, has a dude that, that I think is pretty special, Will Anderson. Um, are you guys concerned? I mean, he's one of those guys that can be a, a game record, right? Are you guys concerned about him at all? Do you think Do you think they're going to try to double-team him a lot, slide protection towards him, uh, run away from him, uh, or, or do you think you guys are just going to play straight up? Why do you want to on that yeah, well, that that that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one, and and because right now too, we're also we're 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 struggling a little bit. Um, I think it's our left tackle um, is 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 out, so that that's gonna be one of those situations too, where you know obviously from a game plan standpoint, we have to contain uh, or, or or just make sure that uh, he he's not gonna absolutely wreck shop. I mean, in Alabama has been just known for, for that edge guy just to go out there and absolutely just destroy people. You know, we've got some interior issues as well too. So, you know, you can't, you know, use all of your resources just to double one guy and then leave some other, uh, other things open too. So I know they're going to be prepared to play. Um, but again, like, you know, sliding protection, you know, helping out with the backs and just doing whatever we need to do to make sure that he just does not disrupt and, and absolutely, uh, 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 you know, dismantle, you know, what we're trying to accomplish offensively. Yeah. No, I think you have to, you have to game plan for this guy, right? There's a reason why he's in the Heisman discussion. He's a great player, really great player. Um, you know, but look, and, and Bama's defense is loaded with, with talent too. Um, you know, but, I, you know, obviously you look at where they are and, and there's some, 
some mismatches, and we'll talk about this in just a second. But there's some mismatches that both teams are going to have to to win this game. They're, you're, you're going to have to exploit the mismatch and capitalize on those, right? Obviously, Will Anderson is the best player on Bama's team defensively, in my opinion, right now. Uh, you know, you have Toa Toa coming in from Tennessee. You have Dallas Turner as well. Um, I mean, the list goes on, right? Uh, you know, Kool-Aid, arguably the best name in college football, period, <laughs> out there patrolling the, you know, the secondary, Josh Joe, all these things like that, Bat, Jordan Battle, things like that. Look, the Bama defense is, is fine, right? But there are – like I said, but we've also seen games throughout the season – that have kind of exposed some things, not really like exposing Bama because it's it's really hard to do that and capitalize on it. And M being the lone one, and it took let's just be honest, it took a midnight yell voodoo chant and a gust of wind apparently to to beat them by a field goal. Right? Looking at the situation, I'm telling you right now, Georgia, you know. You have to game plan against it. Now, how are you going to do that? Do you run, you know, probably outside zone, maybe outside, run it outside zone, bring in, you know, you've got three great tight ends, uh, you know, Bowers, Darnell, right? Darnell's going to be the key here, I think, because you put him on the right side and you block Will Anderson or let him try to do that with him, you know what I mean, to, to slow him down. I think that's what you got to do. Um, George is going to, you know, Todd Munkin's going to find a way to, you know, to t- neutralize him or at least try to neutralize him. Uh, but he's still going to make plays. Understand that Will Anderson will make some plays. Um, mm-hmm. You can't just go into this game not realizing that he's going to do that. You can't. He's going to make some plays, all right? So you have to game plan against, you know, game plan for him. You try to neutralize him because he's – but you can't neutralize him 100%. He's just too damn good. Uh, yeah. With that being said, though, with that being said, we talked about mismatches. What is the one mismatch – that you see that Georgia and Bama have to capitalize on to win the game. We'll start with we'll start with JP. JP, start with what Georgia has to do, the one weakness that Bama has that Georgia has to capitalize on to win, and then flip it for Bama. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I said I said earlier, right? I mean their offensive line is I think definitely their weakest link um in their entire team. And so you guys capitalize on that. You have a field day on that. It's gonna make it's gonna make it hard for them to do anything going to make it hard for them to flip the field. Um, and then obviously you, you guys playing Georgia Georgia football and, and being physical, um, doing what you need to do. Like I said, Stetson Bennett, just making the correct throws, like you said, not trying to do too much, then, then I think you guys will be fine. Um, and so that's what I would say for Georgia. Uh, Alabama-wise, um, I, I would say, you know, same thing for their defense. They, they have to do something that makes Stetson Bennett feels like he has to be Superman. Um, that that's where you want him, and not that no disrespect to him, he's not a good quarterback. But again, um, that's that's the type of throws you want him to make. Make him make type one of throws. You got to shut down the run. You got to be more physical than Georgia's offensive line, which is a task, right? And so, um, I think they're up to it. Their defensive line is really good too. So you know they just got to go out there, play big boy football, stop the run, um, and make steps and put it in the air and and see where they go from there. But I think those are the two things. Um, that that need to happen if either team wants to win. Juan, what what about you, buddy? What do you think? Um, you know, I I, I definitely agree with JP, and also too, it's, it's almost like Patrick Oliver. We we also you know have that have that same mentality. But you know, for 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 Alabama, um, if they're going to be successful, they're going to have to take advantage of our secondary. I mean, they got three great receivers. We also have, a, I believe, a safety that's hurt. Um, 
So, you know, for, for them to take deep shots, I mean, we, we actually have struggled, um, you know, and, and Tennessee kind of exposed us by taking those deep shots. You know, we had some completed passes. We also had a lot of pass interference. So you can best believe that they're going to be looking to, to, to take those shots um, uh, against us. The only thing, you know, where, where we are offensively that just kind of makes me a little bit, you know, a little bit weary is the fact that our offensive scheme kind of plays right into Alabama's hands for, uh, for the, for the defense, right? Alabama struggles with the, with that spread, with that, with that running quarterback, you could see they struggled against the Floridas. They struggled a little bit against, um, you know, Tennessee with that, that, that quick, fast pace, you know, uh, that, that, that spread them out and just go. Whereas, you know, Alabama's good up, you know, they're pretty decent up front and, and our line is not as, as strong. So for us to go and, and, and try to line up and just run it down their throats, that's just not going to happen. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to use our tight ends, get in that, that 12, 13 personnel, um, and, and, and really just kind of get to the outside, obviously go away from Anderson. Cause that's that, not, not somebody that we really want to see. Um, but, uh, you know, so th those are going to be some things that, uh, you know, are going to be key to the game to see if we can, you know, overcome those those issues and just take advantage of those and then not, you know, be taken advantage of in our secondary. I think you have to, I think the one key here is in the trenches, both teams in the trenches, um, you know, looking at Alabama, look, Auburn got seven sacks, seven on Bryce Young last week in the Iron Bowl. And, and, and their defensive line is nowhere near as good as Georgia's. Just nowhere near as good. They were also, you know, they were also sending in backers too to kind of, you know, do things and, you know, do things that really do that. But I'm telling you right now, outside of Evan Neal, it, there's, there's some serious questions along that offensive line. And can you protect Bryce Young? He's, he's able to extend plays with his feet. We saw that on the last drive. He's able to extend plays with his feet, but he's still running around. And Georgia capitalizes on this so well. Georgia has to capitalize on it again this Saturday. Get Bryce Young pressured. And if you do that and it becomes a consistent thing to where you're getting pressure and you're getting to Bryce Young, Bama's got to figure out a way to do it. He'll probably do quick passes, right, try to get it out of his hands, you know, get it to, you know, I don't know if Brian Robinson will even be playing. He, I know he's banged up right now. So you might see uh, Sanders. Uh, regardless, you, you know, you've got you've got a great receiver in Jameson Williams. So in my opinion, I think Bama's, you know, way to do this, test the secondary, right? Test Georgia's secondary. But it also comes in a situation where you got to give them two to three seconds to let the play develop because Georgia's going to come after you. That's just what we've done all year. I don't see it changing. We're, go we're not going to change it because it's Bama. You have to give Bryce Young enough time to extend the plays to try to test the secondary. If they can succeed that right there, it's going to be a damn good game. It's going to be a really good game. Um, yeah, but that's where I'm at with it. I, I think Georgia has to expose the offensive line and, and try and really test that offensive line and get to Bryce Young. But I think Bryce Young and on the offense has to test the secondary, get it deep, or, you know, look, Alabama does an excellent job at rug routes get some confusion for the secondary. If you can do that, you're going to have some success. That's all I'm going to leave it at there. With that being said, Juan, let's go ahead and jump into this right here. Let's do score predictions. What's your score prediction for the game? Man, I'm, I'm usually expecting Patrick Oliver to help me out with this, but um, you know, I, I think this is going to be a, a low scoring game. I really do. Uh, just because Georgia's offense plays right into Alabama's defense. I think our defense um, plays right into Alabama's offense. Um, man, oh man, this is going to be 
one of those ones. I'd, I'd probably say 17 to 14 Georgia. Um, it, it, it's going to be, you know, it, it's going to be a lot closer than, 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 than many people think. Um, or, or I'll go with 21 to 14 too. I like, I like that, um, Patrick, but, uh, uh, I, I do. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I, I think the emotions are going to be high. People are going to be just amped up, jacked up. The, the, the atmosphere is going to be absolutely insane. I do believe Alabama is going to kind of play out of their mind, but at the end of the day, it's just not going to be good enough. This is tough. JP, I'm going I'm to go first. Since go we're involved in the conference, I want to get out right here, and then we're going to take it to the third party, right? Somebody's about to join this conference somebody that's going to see both of these teams could be on a yearly basis, right? Depending on how things set up. Mm -hmm. Tell you right now, I'm, I'm seeing some comments here that the brigade is live right now. I'm seeing 28, 17, Georgia, 24, 23. You picked the winner, right? Uh, Patrick Oliver, 21, 14, lots, you know, lots of score predictions. I'm telling you right now though, if I had to give my score prediction, I'm going 24 to 13. I might call me crazy, call me crazy, but I'm Bama might be the one shot to score the most. But I'm, I, I, and if I if that happens, I'll take the fact that I'm wrong. It is what it is. But I, I just think that what's going to happen is you really just see Georgia's defense suffocate. I don't see it stopping. I, I think I think their offensive or the offensive line for Alabama, as we bring back on JP. Um, the offensive line is going to struggle. I, I, I know Alabama is loaded with talent, but to me, I just think that the, the defense is just going to be too swarming, in my opinion. I, I, so I'm going 24 to 13, dogs on top. Now, JP, third party here, what say you with the score prediction? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that if it, if it pans out the way, I, I think it could because – um, I, I think Alabama is going to come into this game, like you guys said, hyped up and ready to go. But I think Georgia is times three of that, right? I, I think that, you know, this is their year. This is their opportunity. Um, and I wonder with how the Tide have struggled this year is, you know, if they, they get punched in the mouth or they find out Georgia's not going to fold, you know, like they maybe have in the past if, if they're not going to a little bit un unravel a little. So I'm going to go a little bit higher score than y'all. I'm going to say 35 to 24. Georgia. You you gonna have some Bama fans, man, asking how how is Bama gonna or how is Bama gonna allow that many points? We'll see. But I'll tell you right now. Look, both teams, both teams are now understanding statistics, things like this. You have to understand the volume of things. But this statistic really set me off. Georgia has allowed eight sacks. Bama, I think, was 35. Now, <laughs> albeit, you have to understand that Bryce Young does throw for a lot. They, they throw a lot more, right? They throw a lot more. But regardless, 35 sacks, regardless of how many attempts, is concerning to me. Well, you, you, the, the, you know, to, to just a little bit to counter that, Bryce Young is a true dual threat. So there's yeah. a lot of times where Bryce Young, instead of just sitting in the pocket waiting for that guy to get open, he could have taken off a lot, you know, just, you know, a, a numerous amount of times. And so he's got the legs to do it. He's fast. He's quick. So that, that that's one of those things that you do have to look at. So a lot of those sacks are pretty much on him where he's just kind of sitting in the pocket too long. Um, look for Bryce to run a little bit more this this game. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure that 
you know what Nick Saban probably was just saying, Hey, don't run and don't do too much, you know, up until this game, but Nick, Nick, he, he has nothing to lose. Nick, Nick Saban is trying to get that, that, that fourth spot in the, uh, in that final four. Um, so that's something that we have to make sure that, uh, that, that we watch out for. We have to have a spy on him to make sure he doesn't take off and run. Yeah, no, I, I think George is going to spy. I, I think you have to, uh, like I said, last, the last drive, the game went or the game tying drive, Right when Bama was behind, Auburn did not spy, and it came back to bite him because there were several times where you not only you let him run for some yards, but even more so, you let him get out of bounds. Right? Everybody wants to pay. Everybody wants to point that loss to Tank Bigby not getting down on their offensive drive, and you could do that, but you still on defense. You had a minute to. They had to drive the entire length of the field in about a minute, and not even a minute and a half. Yep. When you sit there, you know you have to get you have to get pressure on them, but also you have to keep them in bounds. A spy in that situation gets him down, right? Gets him down because if you take a sack or you get tackled, because they didn't have any timeouts either. Take take a sack, get right, spy him or tackle him in bounds. You're you're looking at a clock situation that anybody would have a hard time navigating through. So. Georgia is going to realize that, and Georgia is going to have a spy there. I, I just think you have to. Agreed. Absolutely. Yep. Hundred percent. I think Bryce Young is, like he said, true, true dual threat more than I thought. I mean, that guy's got he got moves. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, just too. just watching him in watching him in high school, um, he was he was lights out in high school. Um, I, I actually expected him to run a lot more once he you know got to college, but even in their spring game, they were just saying that. He wants to be more of a pocket quarterback. He wants to make sure he sits in the pocket, make you know, goes through his reach, which he does a lot of. But um, he he's got some he's got some fire. He can absolutely take off and, and and burn it up if he needed to. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I mean, you got you guys definitely have to have that spy. But you know, if there's one defense y'all shouldn't be worried about in the NCAA, it's it's, yeah. it's the Georgia Bulldogs. Just to be real, so. <laughs> Um, you know, I think I think you guys will be fine. And I think I think he'll probably be shocked at the speed of your defensive line. I mean, I, I know I wouldn't want Jordan Davis coming after me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're you're absolutely right there. We're gonna read over it. Chicken fifteen fifteen asks, what team has the better kickers? I'm gonna be honest with you, I think Will Riker. I, I really do. I love Pod Lesney. He won us a he won us a bowl game last year, but he's had some inconsistencies. And to me, it's kind of concerning. So I, I have to say, Bama has in my edge the edge at kicker, uh, Juan, which is unusual to hear Bama it having really a, is, a it kicker. Really is. <laughs> Let's see here. Sean Stapleton says that Bryce Young may not last the entire game. I think he will, but George is going to get to him. I, I think you have to look at that. Uh, Chicken also asked who Bama's backup quarterback is. I really don't know. I, I just don't know. No clue. I, I, I don't know the name. I know they got who they got coming in, but I just don't know. And that could, you know what? And Georgia, I'm telling you right now, Georgia better game plan for it because I don't want to see another damn Tua, to a situation. Yeah, it's coming back in. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Hey, that's yeah. That's <laughs> hey. Speaking of speaking of that year though, man, like this. This is right now what's going on in Sooners Nation's minds. Like the way this has all gone down has hurt us. 
but the consensus from Sooner Nation, so y'all know, the last thing that hurt us that bad was the 2018 Rose Bowl. I cannot, I can't tell y'all. Like I was sick to my stomach. That for, was that was a tough one. Weeks, that was a tough one. For weeks, I was like, I can't, I cannot believe this. This was our opportunity. And I was like, man. And then and then like to see y'all not finish it off too. Like yeah, I thought that you was, were. Yeah. Cause y'all jumped out, y'all jumped out on us. Um, and, and, and we, and also we didn't know that, you know, that, uh, y'all's quarterback had the flu. We didn't know he was, you know, suffering, but gosh, is you, you wouldn't be able to tell, um, that, no, that he, he played had pretty flu. well in the first yeah, half. He, yeah. He looked, he looked great. And, uh, um, so, and he's still one of my favorite guys. Love, I love watching him at Cleveland. He's a, uh, you know, a, a, a great guy, but, um, yeah. yeah, I know that had to be tough, you know, to, 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 to lose that, to have Sony Michelle go in there and run that ball in. And, you know, obviously we were and, happy, but I know that had to be, had to be. A and I felt like, you know, I feel like if we had, if we had half of a defense that could at least force Jake Fromm to throw the ball yeah. at that point yep. in time, I think we probably would have won because, you know, your guys' offense that year wasn't necessarily built to come from behind. Now you had two great running backs in Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. Nick Chubb has obviously become one of the best running backs in the league right now um but i remember one play specifically um you guys are on like the 35 yard line i i think it was sony michelle or it might have been nick Chubb, one of them obviously but our entire defense was rotated to the right and you you were in the shotgun i saw jake from check and i was like oh my gosh they're about to score a touchdown because he checked to it he checked to a draw and literally there's nobody on the left side of the field and I was like, they're about to score. I looked at my wife and said, they're about to score. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know why we don't call a timeout. <laughs> what happens? 35 yards right to the right side. Um, yeah, touchdown. I think that was Chubb. I think that, I think that, that was Chubb that did that, that one. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Nick Chubb? He said, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, that I made was the one that tied time. it up. Yeah. And I was like, well, they have the momentum now. Their defense has come out. They've rattled our offense in the second half because you had a great defense that year. I mean, I, I specifically remember. Um, why is his name escaping me right now? Um, Roquan, man, yeah. he was all yeah, over that's the place right. that game. That's right. That's right. I was like, because I've heard, I've heard about him, but he was the second half. He single handedly, right, was was wrecking our stuff. But I was like, man, like, where's this kid coming from? Like, he's all over the place, sideline to sideline. Ronnie Anderson couldn't get anything going. It was it was a mess. But anyways, I just. This this is my this is my first opportunity to really really sit down with Georgia fans. <laughs> really vent it. I'm over it. I'm finally kind of over it with this new situation. But that that one man that that one sticks in my heart. Most of student nation hearts too. So right, right, right. Guys, I'm telling you right now. The 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 feelings of the Rose Bowl win, leading into the national title game to get it taken away like it did. And then losing the SEC championship game, these things are haunting. These guys take it personal. And I think Georgia wins. They go into the playoffs and they decide their fate that way. But we're going to have to end the show, guys. Thanks, everybody, for coming out in the brigade. Look, I hope you enjoyed the show. Like, subscribe, right? Follow. Look, catch us on wherever you listen to your podcast as well. JP, thank you for coming on and giving us some talk about this coaching you, search at Oklahoma, man. Yeah. I needed that. Thanks for um, having me. Thanks for having yes, me. Yes, sir. Hey, let everybody know where they can find you, man. Yeah, hey, uh, so my Twitter is at Indy uh, underscore Sooner. That's at I-N-D-Y underscore Sooner on Twitter. You can follow me on there. And then my YouTube is just uh, Indy Sooner on, on YouTube. 
Uh, you can subscribe there. I do I do a show every Wednesday night, live stream, 9 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, a JP and Trav show. My boy Travis Davidson owns a couple of restaurants in Tulsa. Um, but, yeah, I, I've, I so appreciated you guys having me on here. Juan, it was so nice to meet you, man. And yes, sir. hopefully hopefully I get to come and do it again. I, I'd love to talk to you more about your experience even playing for the Bulldogs. Yeah, um, I, didn't, I didn't know that you, that you played. So yeah. hearing that, that yeah. intro was dope. That intro was dope. I <laughs> yeah, and, so and was, I got a son. Awesome. So my, my son's headed out to uh, next year. He'll be out at Stanford. So he's going to – he's, man, he's, he's got a scholarship offer to play quarterback at Stanford. So I'll, I'll be spending <sighs> most of my – money and time and efforts out out on the west coast man that that is that is amazing man no yeah. it's it's great to see the and, and i'm sure you you know you know it's great to see next generation doing so well i mean my sister like i said she's a she's a d1 track athlete in oklahoma right now and that's awesome just, you know i could i could have never imagined her being the 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 type of athlete she is man yeah. like she was she was that was supposed to be me i played college basketball uh at nii, NII college in indiana and you know she's supposed to be this little dainty, little little dainty thing. Next thing I know, you know right. I come back home from college and she she won the state championships in Arkansas, right? One hundred, two hundred, stuff like that. So I'm sure you're proud of your son, man. And I I can't wait to see what he does at Stanford. That's so awesome. But Appreciate thank you guys for having me on here. Absolutely. Hey guys, remember tomorrow four o'clock CBS. You can tune in to the SEC championship game where the dogs take on the Tide. One. We're going to end it on something that we always do. We're going to talk about Kirby's – is it going to be the same? Is it going to be the same as what you hear against Florida? It's got to be. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be, right? We're going to leave yeah, it up this to is old, This is his old boss, man. And and this – this yeah, it, it's got to be. It's got to be. Absolutely. So what we're going to do here, guys, thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the game tomorrow. And we will catch you on the next episode, guys. Go dogs. Go dogs. Let's go. I still remember, I still remember like yesterday, I still remember like yesterday walking out of this picture that I have. The look, the look, the look and the feeling I had. Looking at Tyson, looking at Stokes, looking at those guys. You know what, guys? This is our fucking year. This is our fucking year. We do it the how we play. It's zero, the fucking zero, and you make them never want to play again. All that shit they're talking, I love it, Jamar. You didn't say shit. You don't say shit to them. You just laugh and point at the scoreboard. Let me get a picture, JD, pointing at the fucking scoreboard. Don't say shit to their undisciplined ass. Because we are. We are disciplined, and our assholes don't take the fucking shit out of them. Physically, physically, I want to break them. I'm talking about fucking break these bitches on defense and offense. Let's go, defense.